0: How was your life in regards to faith? What were you believing in? What was the thing that made you question your beliefs? What are the three biggest challenges you faced when you converted to Islam?
1: What the heck? What else? Is there anything else? I've tried this, i tried that. Like I remember coming from a party and it's dark, like just walking between the walls and bleeding. It's painful. And I open the door and it's dark. It's like a back alley or something, or like a garden. And
0: I look at the sky and there's a light.
1: He's praying like Jesus.
0: Assalamu alaikum, Brother Gabriel and Romani. Welcome to our interview and thanks for accepting our invitation. Can you tell us briefly about your life?
1: I appreciate the invitation. I'm happy to be here. So I was born in 1983 in Romania in a famous area called Transylvania. <laughs> a lot of people might know it by that name. And I was born into a mixed Christian family. I mean, I was baptized in three churches in the Catholic, the Orthodox, and the Unitarian Church. Yeah, I was raised in Romania most of my life and during the communist uh, regime. And then just after that, basically moved to Canada and then Islamic studies later and then specialized into uh, counseling from a positive Islamic psychology perspective, existential counseling as well. So that was something that till today I do,
0: alhamdulillah, and enjoy more than ever, alhamdulillah. How was your life in regards to faith? What were you believing in?
1: I could say that from a very young age, I was influenced in believing in God mostly due to my grandma. And she was a very practicing Catholic. And I spent a lot of time with her. And, um, I used to go on the way to school, stop church, pray take any of the kids that were walking with me to school, like I would force them, you have to come pray. <laughs> it was like a, a whole movement in my neighborhood, you know. And then going back home, I used to, again, go to church. Every time I crossed the street, I used to cross myself every time I crossed by a church. It was, it was quite practicing, so I was reading the Bible. It was not just doing it, like, I was attending uh, classes, and um, my family were quite uh, surprised that at such a young age I have such a dedication. My grandma, of course, was very happy. She was, "Oh, you're gonna be a priest! You know, you're gonna priest." She always pushed me in the front at the altar, next to the priest, and she was very happy and proud. So I I became very devout and quite knowledgeable in, in the Bible and studying, seeing researching.
0: What was the thing that made you
1: question your beliefs? I think the first time I had a serious doubt was a discussion that I had with my Bosnian friend Kamal. I remember going for a football match. It was summer, and we're driving, and we're just talking. We used to talk a lot about these things and argue. And I remember he got upset, and he's like, look. He's like, do you really believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Like, I do you really believe he's the Son? Even though I've been asked the question many times. But that one time, I felt a doubt. And actually, my fitrah didn't resonate with that. So for the first time, I have to be honest with myself and with someone else. In my mind, I paused, and I think, wait a second. Like what's going on here? This is something's not right. I need to learn more. And it's a funny incident because I was pushing, he was pushing. I mean, I was trying to take him away from his practice and he was trying to get me closer to God. But I remember one thing that he never gave up salat, namaz, he would always pray. No matter where we are, it doesn't matter. It's Salah time, prayer. We're like walking in downtown. We're going to dance. <laughs> We're in the dance. Okay, we go outside. He said, go, go, time. So I would wait for him, make sure he finished, so no one comes and no one bothers him. The first thing I'm seeing is, wait a second, why is he doing it? And second of all, I was, I was observing how he's doing it. Naturally, I had to ask him, I said, bro, we're dancing, we're chilling, we're doing this, going there, but you're praying. I felt there's a contradiction. He said, no. He said, because I know what this, what I'm doing is wrong, and this is the correct door to God and I cannot close this door. And that made me think, actually, I felt jealous, to be honest, in my own practice. Because I said, I'm not as committed as he is. Yet I feel I'm on the truth. And look at this man, how committed is. Not just that, look at how he prays. And another thing that really got me intellectually was that I was reading the Bible. And the description of the prayer of the prophets in the Bible is the way he prays, by falling on his face, basically, right? That's what they describe as it. It's funny because even the... Romanians would make fun of the, the way the Turks pray. But they say they fall on their face. But that's exactly how the Bible describes the prophets. And Prophet Jesus himself in the Garden of Gethsemane he fell on his face to pray to God. So I knew these things. So somehow, even though I've seen him, I've studied it all my life, it never connected. But this day, it connected. And then what happened? Did you talk to him about this? It was a morning, Fajr time. We're in Toronto, Canada. We went to buy a car. And we were waiting outside of my dad's uh, place. And it was Fajr time, and he was praying. I had to pour water for him. He's making wudu, and he's praying. I'm sitting there, I'm like, he's praying like Jesus. And I said, bro, like, do you know you guys pray like what? He says, of course I know, because Jesus was a Muslim. And I was like, no, come on. What do you mean? He's a Christian. He said, no. How can there's no Christian at that time. You could say in the worst case that he's a Jew, right? Because ethnically, that's what they were. But there was no Christianity back then. I was like, he's right. He's right. I have to be honest. He's right. And why don't we pray like that? You don't see the priest go and making sujud. I mean, there's certain sects of Christianity that still do it. So that was, again, a huge hit, a huge doubt came on, on me, to the point that I actually left Christianity. And it was probably those few incidents that really made me leave Christianity. Some of the discussions that I had with the priests in the Catholic high school, my religious teachers, about the theology of the Trinity, I mean, those really solidified my doubts, which was good. Because at least now I had the first part. I believe God exists, but there was something missing. Okay, I believe in God. So the, 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 the deists, right? They believe in God, but there's something missing. Where's the system? What do I have to do? Where's the direction? That was the next stage in, in my discovery. But I left Christianity. After leaving Christianity, how did you come closer to Islam? And I was just like, what, young. I was on the football team, starter, superstar. I was on the paper, but I was not happy, man. Like I remember coming from a party even these things were not satisfying anymore I'm done I'm done with clubs I'm, I'm already like I'm exhausted by these things I don't want I don't care about women I don't care about my cars I don't care about all these things doesn't matter I'm driving home and uh, laying in my bed looking at the ceiling and like what the heck <laughs> what what else is there anything else I've tried this I tried that I'm not happy, right? And then one night I have this dream where I'm again at a party and doing my thing and I pass by this girl and she takes a knife and stabs me. And it was like very vivid, it was very real. I felt the pain, I felt the coldness of the blade. And it's dark and I'm like just walking between the walls and there's the door and I go through the door and I'm bleeding and it's painful. And I open the door and it's dark. It's like a back alley or something, or like a garden. I look at the sky and there was a light in that darkness and just my soul left. And I woke, as soon as that happened, I woke up and I was sweating and crying. Like I couldn't stop crying. I was just like like one of those, like, <laughs> you know, like you can't stop yourself. The first thing I thought is something happened. You know, it's a sign. I went to look at my brother and my mom, check on them. I was okay. I went back, I was just crying, crying. I was like literally like wet. Like I you dipped me in a pool and like just I sweat the whole bed. I thought I <laughs> I went to the bathroom. I you know, literally, it was I can never happened to me. But I knew that there's I gotta do something I knew that It was Like God was calling me And again I'm not basing my choice Just on the dream But it was something Very very deep Personal to me Like I had a dream About Jesus one time It was very interesting Because um, I was driving him And he was in the back seat And he was laying down He was tired And he was wearing A a gelabia A thobe. And he was wearing running shoes, like Adidas. I know, it's a weird dream. He was telling me, I'm tired, Gabriel, you know, I'm tired. And I stopped the car, and all these people were coming to him. Oh, Jesus, God. And he looks at me like they're coming around the car. You know, like when there's like a famous person, and he told me, he's like, look at them. They think I'm God, and I'm tired. He said, I'm laying down here tired, and they think I'm God. It was very, again, very, very, am I going to base my choice of Islam on this dream or anything like that? No, people keep claiming these things but but these things did matter even to other people they need to realize that God is pushing that doesn't mean this is what it is. God's opening your mind to question, to understand, to look further and that's kind of what what led me to to, to the next stage where I knew that I have to do something you know after the dream I knew it. What else happened that attracted you more to Islam? I remember hearing the Qur'an for the first time and it was just so fascinating, so attracted to it. That just, I don't know what it says. I have no clue, right? I don't understand Arabic at that time. But it touched me, you know, the recitation. And I felt when I understood Islam that it was not something new. I felt it was universal. I felt it was a continuation. I didn't feel like I'm changing. I felt like I'm adjusting. Knowing all the prophets, knowing the Old Testament, the New Testament, I felt like Islam was just the last testament. And then finally realizing that Islam is just the continuation of the same message. It makes sense. It's like, it was la ilaha illallah, Musa Rasulullah, Isa Rasulullah, Nuh Rasulullah, Ibrahim. And now it's la ilaha muhammad Rasulullah. Same, You know, there's one constant, which is la ilaha And there's variables. The prophets changed. It was it's perfect. It's the only thing that makes sense. What happened that you finally decided to become a Muslim? I remember I was in university already, first university, and I... I met Kamal again, he was in the library, and at that time they didn't, like the internet was only on specific places. He was watching a, a video about death, and it was a Nasheed by Ahmed Bukhat. Less Breath, it was a little animation. It talks about death, and I saw it, and I, again, it hit me so hard, that what if I'm going to die tomorrow? What am I delaying? By the way, by this time I'm already reading Quran, every night, one page, I'm very excited. Like, I remember it was like my it was my uh, my habit, I would just read a little bit each, each night. But I felt like it was a debate between me and the Qur'an. Like I have all these questions, then I'm reading another page, like the answer's coming. It's like, I'm I'm asking more questions in my mind, I'm talking, no. And then next is the answer again. Yeah, and then I go back home, you know, I can't wait. I need, the Qur'an is right next to my bed, you know. And I'm just reading, and it's like this fight almost. You know, And many times I felt like literally, like it's talking to me. I know people are like, what the heck? But literally like I'll pick it up and this is my whole day, there's something in my mind. You know, it's like I'm thinking about this question and I open it right there. The answer is right there. And the feeling that you get, you know, it's like, what's going on? You know, like Allah's watching, Allah's talking. That's why some dilemma said, if you want to talk to Allah, make dua. If you want Allah to talk to you, read the Quran. What were the final steps
0: of your journey to Islam? Asalaamu Alaikum, brothers and sisters. We saw that 80% of our audience, including this video, are not subscribed to our channel. As you know, we are a non profit organization and advertisements are disabled on our videos. So, the only reason we are asking for this is to spread the truth. It may seem like a small act, but inshallah, it may be a means of guidance for many people. Now, let's click the subscribe button and let's together walk towards eternity. What were the final steps of your journey
1: to Islam? I mean, I woke up one day and I was at the lowest at the lowest. And in my mind I said, what are you waiting for? You know, you know this is the truth. I went to university and I saw my friend Kamal and I said, I need you to come to my house tonight. I said I need your help with something. He so said Are you okay? I said You just have to come. He so said Okay, no problem. I come. It was in exams. I was studying with some people upstairs in my house, and come all called me from downstairs. I'm I'm here. So okay, I'm gonna come down. So I went downstairs. It was night, and I just looked at him. I said uh, He said What's wrong, bro? Are you okay? I said I want to be a Muslim. And he said oh, he said I knew it. He said I knew it. I said What do you mean? He's like Remember that long tarawih that we prayed together? He said In sujud I was praying all life. This guy is looking for you. Guide him to Islam. Let him embrace Islam. They just said, repeat after me. I already knew what I have to say. When I said my Shahad, I felt that heaviness being lifted from me. Just by saying those words, the way I slept that night was just different.
0: How did your family and the people around you react to your conversion to Islam? I think the
1: first person I told was my mom. She was a bit concerned because the same biases she's had that I've had. It's understandable. We start arguing at the beginning and she would say some insulting things about Islam. I reacted in a very defensive way, not very wise, so I started being very harsh with her. And SubhanAllah, I think it's only Allah's blessing because I didn't show a very good example. Even though she did notice changes, but I was I was very passionate about the choice that I made. SubhanAllah led to her asking for books and trying to understand. I think she was trying to refute me or to show me that it's wrong. And that ended up in her converting to Islam yeah it was uh maybe a year and a half after me So that was a big shock because i was not expecting it and then i told my brother my brother was was quite rough because he would make fun of me and he was quite angry because of my choice because i changed you know i don't want to do the things that i wanted to do before and i think my dad i told last and he didn't really care (laughs) and i remember my grandma she said i always thought you're going to be a priest and i said well I'm not. And I was talking to her and she said, what you say makes sense, but I can't. I've been raised this way. I said, but look what the Bible says. She's like, I never read the Bible. She's like, I only hear what the priest says. And I said, but don't you believe at least what the Bible says? She said, it doesn't matter because I can't change.
0: Were the Islamic practices like making Salah five times a day or fasting for a whole month difficult for you at first? To be honest, at the beginning,
1: Salah was not difficult, but... I think because the lifestyle that I had, I was not used to. So I would join my prayers or pray at night or so on. But Fajr I would always pray in time. I was always a morning person. So I think throughout the day I would get a bit busy. But very quickly I was able to adapt. That discipline was very important in life. And Islam gives you that discipline. So I think I, I got into it quite easily. Fasting was easy. I don't know, I just, I loved it.
0: What are the three biggest challenges you faced when you converted
1: to Islam? Number one is that support. We're in the end, remember, we're being social beings. We need love. We need to belong. We need to be accepted, validated. We have emotions. And now you're going against your family, you're going against your community, and people leave you. And you meet the Muslim community who might treat you the same way. Number two, I would say, yeah, like continuing the development, the spiritual and intellectual development. I think a lot of people stop at the Shahada. So before Islam, they're very, they're looking, they're searching, reading. Once they become Muslim, there's no more development. It stops, no more knowledge. And last, I believe marriage, because human beings have the need for love and companionship. We expressed that in a different way before Islam, most likely in haram ways. And now you're told that it's not allowed, but you have that desire to bond, to connect. And most converts, or reverts, when they come to Islam, one of the first things they want to do is get married. It's one of the most difficult things to do, right? So I think these three issues are the main problems that I experienced and I've seen others experience as well.
0: What fascinated you the most after becoming a Muslim?
1: Traveling was a huge thing, just experiencing different cultures. You see the brotherhood, which is the concept of the Ummah. That concept doesn't exist in, in anything else. That spiritual brotherhood and sisterhood, it's, it's non-existent. You can be a Christian and go to another country and I mean, okay, you walk in the church, you recognize certain things. As a Muslim, you can go anywhere in the world with all the differences, anywhere, anywhere. And you face the same Qibla, read the same Qur'an, you have the same you know, brotherhood. You say the same Salamu Alaikum. And I, I mean, I've been to countries where, in Africa, you know, like we had Africans with us, African-American, they they wouldn't dare to step out of the hotel. And I would leave at Fajr and then some African brother would drop me back. <laughs> you know, after give me breakfast, we pray together, we read Qur'an together. And people were like, looking at me coming to the hotel, laughing with them. We, I don't even speak the language, but we can connect. Africans are looking at me with Africans, they're like, what? And one word, I say. they're like, how do you do it? I say, Islam. I say, Islam, one word, Islam. You know, I, I, I think this is a miracle. I, I don't think it's anything short of it. People really want to open their eyes and you know give, get rid of their biases and just see what it is. What is the trait of the Prophet a.s. A.s. that impressed you the most? The Prophet would always somehow adapt to the people that he used to talk to. It's an amazing trait that he used to have. His behavior would never be the same with all the people. I mean, he would always be just. But if a child would come to him, he would adjust. If a desert dweller would come to him like a Bedouin, he would adjust. If an educated people would come to him, he would adjust. He would adjust to everyone. A woman would talk to him, he would adjust. He would always come down to the level of the people. Even change his speech, even change his behavior. Even sometimes people would ask the same question, but knowing their background, he would give them an answer that they need to actually understand and that would connect and help them achieve the change that they need in their life. I think that's something amazing. Give
0: me one important point about Islam that you want the non-Muslims to know. I
1: think the most important thing about Islam that non-Muslims should know is that Islam is not a religion, it's life itself. If you understand that Islam is a way of life, not a way of life, sorry, maybe we have to be careful, is the way of life, is the solution to all your problems is the answer to all those existential questions that you have. Everyone has it, don't give me that you don't have it. When you lay down in bed at 11 o'clock at night or 2 a.m., you have insomnia and you're thinking about all these issues, Islam will solve that. Every problem in this world, from racism to corruption to promiscuity, everything Islam can solve. What projects are you doing right now? So I'm focused most on two projects right now, which is uh, education and counseling. Why? Well, again, as early into Islam, I I try to understand where can I fit, which problems can I solve in the Ummah. So I felt that education is very much important and that's more geared now towards Romania educating Romanians non-Muslims and Muslims so we've translated books into Romanian that have never been translated before like their first we're talking al tafsir there's no tafsir in Romanian language it's the first tafsir to ever be translated into Romanian language so definitely be a, a huge sadaqa jari inshallah uh, we've also translated the Quran and uh, quite a few other books children classes elderly classes and just Dao in general to different uh, non-Muslims. So
0: what would you like to say
1: as your final comments? Be sincere. This is probably the the most difficult thing in everything you do. Every book of hadith starts with this hadith, innama Every action is according to its intention. Because it is intention, sincerity, ikhlas. As Sufiana Thawri said that, ma shay alay ashaddu min I didn't find anything more difficult upon me than my intention, sincerity. If you're sincere, if you really want God, you want Allah, you'll find it, you'll find it. So if you're sincere in anything you do, Life, I think in the end, the outcome is always going to be positive.
0: Brother Gabriel, thank you for this beautiful interview and hope you meet again.
1: (laughs) Inshallah, may Allah bless
0: you.